Today is the day Baltimore Ravens football returns for the 2022 season as the Ravens kick off their preseason against the Tennessee Titans. We dive into a preview of that game and more of the very special guest next here on Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And we return here with another episode of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostreicher of Ravens. Ryan, of course, we're here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you so much for making Locked On Ravens your first listen of the day for it available on all platforms, including on YouTube. And we're back here. It is a Purple Thursday edition episode and a very exciting Purple Thursday is Baltimore Ravens football it's here. We, we made it after a long, many, many month wait. And here with us to dive into the Ravens week one preseason game against the Tennessee Titans is former Baltimore Ravens wide receiver and Super Bowl champion, Kadri Ismail Q. How does it feel? We, we made it to Ravens football. We are officially back here. We are back and I am super excited to see what this team is going to look like. Obviously, for a lot of the guys, it's a dress rehearsal. Uh, some of the other guys, it's fighting to get on that 53 man roster. So um, this, this is, this is it. This is where you can really start to, to sink your teeth into the roster, sink your teeth into what your, your Ravens are going to look like for the upcoming season. Yeah. And the Ravens last preseason loss, you know, they have the largest preseason streak in NFL history, 20 games. The last preseason loss was September 3rd, 2015. That's almost seven years ago. It was to the Atlanta Falcons. And, and Q, I don't know if you remember week three of that 2015 preseason where you were that Washington game where there was a, a brawl between Steve Smith and Chris Culliver fighting John Harbaugh running across the field and, and really talking some smack to Jay Gruden. Do, do you remember where you were for that? I think I might have been, oh, I don't know, a couple of feet away from the main booth that is the television booth because I was in the radio booth doing uh, the the color analyst job for for the team. Yeah, and do you, what do you remember from that? I mean, you see there's this Ravens head coach on Harbaugh bursting across the field. He obviously he's, he's a guy who sticks up for his players, really cares a lot about his players. I mean, what was going through your head that entire sequence over there? Well, I mean, the, the one thing that stood out in that game was just the fact that you had Steve Smith, who, you know, you talk about leadership, you talk about a guy with just a tremendous amount of talent, uh, Hall of Fame credentials, and it's a preseason game. And you're like, well, wait a minute, Steve, what, what are you doing? But he, you know, wanted to stick up for his teammate. Then at the same time, you got John Harbaugh, who, again, legendary coach and, you know, has a, a, a ring and. He has done an amazing job of, of, of leadership and, you know, bringing the franchise into a, another level of, of excellence and, and continued winning tradition. And I was like, wow, this must be the twilight zone. But, you know, again, you, you know that you're a fiery competitor. And if you feel like your teammate got disrespected and if you're the coach and you feel like, you know, your, your players are, not being treated fairly, then uh, something needs to be done. And I thought, um, you know, they both, <laughs> they both showed a side of them that was uh, quite surprising. And and I, I I thought it was entertaining, even though, you know, I'm sure they probably would have wanted to be a little bit more poised, but, but so be it. 
You know, it's, it's the heat of the moment. I mean, personally, I, I, I loved it. It was, again, that Ravens team is such a brotherhood. You know, they all stick up for each other. It goes beyond the players. It's the players, the coaches, the executives, everybody in that building cares for each other. And so, obviously, the, the play that kind of sparked it was the pile drive on Kamar Aiken, you know, former Ravens wide receiver there. And then, you know, from there, it was, it was crazy. I tweeted the clip out, and I, I was listening to it, and I'm like, hey, I, I know that voice. That voice sounds pretty familiar, and it was – obviously, it was Q. But, Q, it was a very busy week for the Ravens. Obviously, here, here we are on Thursday. Monday was the big day, though, the big, big day for the Ravens. We had J.K. Dobbins returning to practice, Justin Tucker getting extended as well. I want to talk to you about Dobbins, though, and obviously, his return is huge. It's such a feel-good story, too, because I, he's worked so hard to get back to where he is still, obviously not all the way done yet we have to wait to see you know what the workload is heading into the regular season but just just to see him back on the practice field were you able to watch any of those clips that were posted of him and, and how did he look to you yeah so one thing i know right off the bat for an acl injury especially to a running back you're looking at maybe i say a year and a half before you feel like a hundred percent like just i'm back i'm ready i'm not feeling anything the fact that you had J.K. coming back, fighting to get back on the field, feeling really good, feeling like, hey, his old self, uh, it was good to see. It was good to see him making some cuts. Now, obviously, they they you know used some kid gloves with him and didn't really go out there and do too, too much to uh, put a lot of pressure on his legs and stuff because, again, you know, it's his job to want to be out there. It's your job as a coach and as a medical staff to rein him in and you know, realize that we ain't getting paid for this. We get paid for the regular season. So I thought, you know, the 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 the, the moments that he was out there doing his thing, you know, certainly looked strong, certainly looked, you know, the part, and it was good to see him out there. And I think the morale of the guys, it was a different kind of feel with him out there. And and guys even talked about, you know, just what it was like to have, you know, your your star runner back out there on the field. So um, this game we know with, with Greg Roman as the offensive coordinator, it's a unique offense, but it goes through the the legs of the running backs and obviously the legs and arms of, of Lamar Jackson. So all hands on deck when it comes to J.K., good for him. Right, and, and John Harbaugh talked a bit about Q, how it was, you know, just putting another thing on his plate every day, seeing how he responds to it. But when we get to week one, Q, and let, let's say J.K. Dobbins is good to go, he, he's playing in week one, how would you kind of manage his early season workload? Is this a guy who you're putting on the field for 70% of snaps, 50% of snaps, are you giving him 12 carries, 10 carries, 8 carries? What are you kind of doing for the first month or two as he kind of eases his way back in? So I think that's why you have a Mike Davis, and I think that's why you have – you know, the other guys that are on the roster to kind of feel out what the preseason is looking like for your guys come the regular season. You can kind of get a good feeling when it comes to running the ball. Obviously, your offensive linemen, you're not going to have Ronnie Stanley out there. And, and that's, you know, something obviously Linderbaum is kind of questionable. And we'll see, you know, what his rest of his preseason looks like with the Liz Frank. But, um, yeah, your carries – in my mind, if you have guys that are really getting to a good rhythm and they look great, I mean, I'm managing him big time. Like, I'm like, yeah, you know, we're going to go with you. We'll give you a couple, but I'm pulling you back. You know, if so-and-so has a hot hand, if Mike is just getting off and he's looking to part, bro, I, I am, I'm serious. I'm not risking him in the early part of the season. Sure, let me have him go out there and kind of feel it and like, oh, man, I got hit and all that. Mm, how did I respond? Yeah, that's as good. 
But I need, need, need him in the latter part of the year. And I want him to be ready and fresh and, and, and let's go. So it's a delicate balance for sure. But I'm hoping that the other running backs will grab a hold of this opportunity that's going to be presented before them. But recognize that, uh, yeah, come the later part of the year, if they are still producing, sure, they're, they're going to get some run. But make no mistake about it, I, I want to make sure my, my big dog, my big horse is ready to go in, in, in J.K. Yeah, and this is part of the reason why I think, Hugh, they brought in so many talented backs here in the offseason, just so many bodies in general, to make sure that they have enough. And so let's say uh, Gus Edwards has to start the year on the PUP list, for example. They can keep Mike Davis and Tyler Beatty and maybe even a Justice Hill, and they can use those guys in rotation with J.K. Dobbins. He gets more and more acclimated, more and more familiar with, again, that workload of an NFL you know, regular season game, which I know can be a lot. So I, I have confidence in him. Again, if he's ready for week one, he's too talented just to hold him out until he's a full 100% go. Yes, you want to get him on the field to, again, get the experiences, get the feeling as you talked about too. But Hugh, John Harbaugh talked to SiriusXM radio and said a lot of things about the Ravens injured players on the PUP list. Talked about Ronnie Stanley and Tyus Bowser and, and Marcus Peters as well. And you know, I'll, I'll read some of the quotes out here. He said, quote, Ronnie is looking good. I think we got a shot for the first game. Of course, you want those guys practicing two, three weeks. Tyus, the same thing. Also talked about Gus Edwards saying, Quote, Gus is doing really well. He's kind of a patient rehab guy. I don't know that he'll be the first week. But before the season's over, I think he'll, he's going to be roaring and ready to go. And then about David Ajabo, he said, quote, he swears he's going to be back midseason at the latest. I told him, all right, time to get in the white room. we got to get rid of those beach legs, get some football legs back underneath you. So you, anything there that surprises you at all? It seems to me like those are all pretty good injury updates. I mean, maybe the more disappointing one out of any of them being Gus Edwards, maybe not being ready for week one. But, you know, that's a bright right about right in line with what I was thinking. Yeah, but see, again, you know, Gus Edwards doesn't need to be ready in week one. There's there's, there's no need. Like, you know, I, I, I've i seen where, for example, Edron James, he was coming off of an ACL. And when I was with the Colts, he was in a position where he was, okay, I'm back. I'm ready to go. Week one, we go up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, he rushed for the easiest 99 yards I've ever seen a running back rush for. And guys like, yeah, that's just, you know, EJ for you. Now, 99 for him is like, yeah, I, I should have had like 175, 180. Um, and, and so be it. Now, the main thing is, is that as the year goes on, your leg, you know, there's, there's that um, autogenic muscle inhibition where the super fast twitch muscle fibers, you know, you get those little sorenesses and those little aches. And if you're not careful, especially, again, as a running back, it can it can wear on you physiologically and psychologically. And so what I'm hoping for is, you know, Gus Edwards, hey, when you're ready, whether it be week three, week four, whatever, um, let's do it. You know, show it. Let's do it. Let's go. And then you got the rest of the season and just ball out. I think he's a different runner than J.K. clearly as well. So from the physicality standpoint, you know, that's something where, you know, if he feels like he needs to be more conservative, so be it. Ronnie Stanley, I, from what I'm understanding, it's it's let him get his football legs back underneath him, and and he's going to be ready to go. Ajabu uh, and company, when it comes to the Achilles, um, for Tyus and Ajabu, and I've, I've had an Achilles tear. I will tell you that the more aggressive you are with it, um, in the long run, it's going to serve you well. Uh, you, 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 you can't baby it. You got to be aggressive with it. For example, you know, 
my God, man, I, my, my career is well in the rearview mirror, not even trying to worry about trying to compare myself on those gentlemen's levels when it comes to, you know, their soft tissue because of their collagen, they're going to be able to be a heck of a lot better at their recovery than me. With that said, just as a small mile marker, I'm saying by week eight, nine, they're like, yeah, you should be able to do a strong level of running. Well, I was like, skip all that. I'm thinking like by week five, six, let me go out there and do some strong level of running. Let me go out there by week eight, nine, do some plyometric type of activity, which puts a heavy load on the Achilles. That's what I mean by aggressive. And if, in fact, they have been that aggressive, I think because of, yeah, their youth and their, again, their collagen fibers being able to recover better than mine, then I don't see them slowing down. I don't see them being like it's like a hampering. And so, again, for John Harbaugh to make those statements, if you will, that everything should be okay um, for Bowser and, and, and Ajabu and company, then, hey, smile. We're about to see what this defense will really look like when it's fully reloaded. Yeah, and there's so much solidity with these things, too. Again, you never really know until they're actually back out there on the field. But it was encouraging to hear those updates. Definitely, again, nothing set in stone. But to hear at least something, I think, was pretty encouraging overall. What into our first break here, though, on Lockdown Ravens coming up. We're going to be diving into our full game preview of this Ravens Week 1 preseason battle with the Tennessee Titans. We'll be diving into the offensive side of the ball first. So be sure to stay tuned. We still have a ton to talk about here. First, though, I do want to tell you a bit about Built Bar. And if you haven't tried the Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of really one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor in the indulgent cookie dough. They're covered in chocolate. And Built has done it again because there's a new favorite for you, the cookie dough chunk puff. They have a light and chewy texture. There are real cookie dough chunks in there. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories. They have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. And like all Built Bars, those cookie dough chunk puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puffs, whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just need to grab a quick bite. Built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar. Go to built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. You get 15% off of your order. Use promo code LOCK15. We're back here with our second segment of Locked on Ravens. Kevin Oshaker still here with Kadri Ismail in Q again. We, we have Ravens football. We're talking preseason week one. Tennessee Titans. Let's dive into some offensive positional battles you're looking forward to. I know for me, I'll start off with the running back battle, because we, we just talked about in that first segment, how, again, you don't necessarily have to rush a JK Dobbins back. You don't have to rush a Gus Edwards back because you have so much other talented depth, but which of those players are you most excited to seeing? And maybe a Tyler Beatty or a Corey Clement or even others. So I know Tyler Beatty, you know, he's been talked about a lot as far as, you know, John Harbaugh hoping to see what he sees with his, you know, pass protection and, and how consistent he's going to be. Um, Lockett, same thing. I think uh, clearly, you know, whatever they do with Mike Davis, he wants to know his role. So, you know, there's, there's a veteran for you. Like, yo, I'm going out there, I'm going to play. So, you know, what's up? Um, but I, I think overall, we, we do need to really see, you know, what this running back group is like. We don't really know. And for the first time, gosh, I mean – I can't think of another time per se where you have such ambiguity at a position and that's the position of need. Like you really need your running game to thrive because 
That's what this offense is built upon. So I think it's a good thing in that it, it, it's going to make for some exciting times with, you know, the, the game itself and keeping us all locked in and seeing who does what. But, um, yeah, this is, this is kind of new for me. And I think also when you're looking at the running back position, I'm interested to see how they rotate these guys in. Like, obviously, if Mike Davis plays, he's, I think he's going to get the start. In, in this case, but then, you know, how do they rotate Justice Hill in? How do they put Tyler Beatty in, you know, Corey Clement as well, Nate McCreary. I mean, you, you have so many players that can be contributors and you're kind of looking at, well, can Justice Hill do enough to make the roster? That's a guy who I think is really on the bubble. And obviously if Gus Edwards goes on the PUP list, I think that is the next guy for me because he's been a guy who's impressed, you know, in practices, the stadium practice in particular. So if he continues that strong streak, he did not have a strong preseason last year, obviously, and then the injury happened. So if he can bounce back from that, I think that'd be great. But I know, Q, another, another key talking point is the wide receiver battle. And going up against this Tennessee defense, these receivers are going to be looking to make their mark. And we kind of have that that core four locked in Bateman and Wallace and Duvernay and Prochet, but people have wanted to one, see a bit more from Tylen Wallace. I know that a, a few people have said that, you know, they just want to see a bit. And then also you're looking at that number five wide receiver spot where you have guys like Shimmer Bridges and Slate Bolden and, and Jalen Moore who have impressed. I mean, what are you looking for out of those guys in this preseason game? So Bolden and, and, and Jalen Moore, like for me, I think the biggest thing, they were, you know, they were showing up. They were making some plays, and that's all good. But how do you do it when it's against another team? How, you know, you, you're probably going to get some kind of uh, play call that that is a little bit off. It's not on the script. You don't have a scripted play. You know, what are, what are you going to do? How are you going to do it? How are you going to line up? How are you going to react? What's the blitz like? Uh, is it a contested catch? You know, do you do you jump off the page? So those are things that I am looking to see and, and hope that uh, one of those guys, you know, shows out. I mean, they've been showing out, so I don't see why they shouldn't, you know, now. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of anxious and excited to see what it looks like. And, and let's take a little detour here, Greg. I want to ask you about your first ever preseason game as a wide receiver when, when you stepped on that field. I mean, what was the difference for you, you know, from training camp to the field and an actual game? What was it like? Speed, speed of the game. Um, it was weird because I was like, wow, I'm I'm here. I'm my first preseason game. I think it was the Dallas Cowboys down at uh, Texas Stadium that it was probably could look that up and who knows um but yeah you know i was sitting there and and trying to just go over the plays i i knew the plays first and foremost and i knew where to line up but to hear it to hear it the way i had to hear it to do it the way i needed to do it um it was just you know surreal like i'm playing in the nfl like this is a game and this is going to be like not just practice this is this is a game and um, jobs are on the line and all the things <clears throat> I was a second round pick and I, I knew my chances of making a team were extremely high. I just didn't, you know, as long as I didn't mess it up. And, uh, so I went out there and, and just let it go, let it, you know, show my talents and, and have fun. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where you realize like, wow, I am in the NFL. This is just it's mind blowing and it's a lot of fun. 
um, from the, the moment you walk in the locker room and see your uniform to going out there and, and, you know, just looking at, you know, some of the names on the back of the jersey, seeing, you know, the jerseys themselves of the other team. I remember going up to Kansas City uh, for another preseason game, and wow. Like, I was like, this is the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, my goodness. And the 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 crowd noise, which I thought, you know, before it was like, ah, yeah, you know, it's loud, but it was loud on TV. It was a whole nother decibel when it came to the actual loudness that we saw and, and took part of, um, you know, just, just in the game, in the moment. It was like, whoa, this is this is nuts. So I loved it. I loved every bit of it. And um, <laughs> yeah. Crazy. It, it, it's such a cool experience for, for these, for these rookies. Again, you mentioned it go out there for the first time or in their first preseason and just take everything in. And we're going to see that this Ravens draft class, 11 players deep. Now, not everyone's going to be playing. Obviously Charlie Cola with the sports hernia is one of those guys. And that's where I want to go next to you, that tight end position. How high on your list of players to watch is Isaiah likely for you? So, it's interesting because the moment he got drafted was the moment I smiled at Eric DaCosta and like, Ooh, I saw what you did right there. So you gave away or whatever, trade away. However, Marquise Brown, Linderbaum comes in. Okay. Now you go down and draft blah, 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 and now you get Kohler. Ooh, wow. Look at that. But then you get likely. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? And you start looking at him playing. You're like, bro, this dude, huh? And then all of a sudden you turn on the tape and camp and you're like, huh? And so he keeps checking off these boxes. And like, the thing is, it's preseason. It's now going to be, you know, ramped up a little bit more. Kohler obviously is, you know, healing up. I'm, I'm curious to see what he's going to do. I, I'm, I'm like, all right, you know, you put yourself in a position to be seen and now let's see it. You know, I think, uh, you know, there was another guy that that had a really strong preseason and looked the part, and uh, I believe his name was Andrews, Mark Andrews. We know how his career has turned out so far. So I think for for likely, um, I'm I'm I am very very uh, uh, anxious. I guess is the word to see how he goes out there and and uh, shines under these. I want to say bright lights, medium lights, <laughs> not quite so bright, but bright enough because it is something where you're just put another feather in a cap, you know, just like, yep, this is what I do. And uh, let's see how it all turns out for him. Yeah. And we've, we've heard the praise from his teammates, James Prochet, Mark Andrews himself talking right. about likely too. I'm interested to see how they line him up on the field. Is he going to line up in line? Is he going to line up in the slot? Are they going to play him outside? They they can do so many things with him. And so this first preseason game obviously is not totally indicative of like what they do for the regular season, but it's a start. It, it, they can experiment with him, see what he does against that competition. But Q, the offensive line, Tari Phillips, you have Ben Powers, you have Ben Cleveland. How are you feeling about that job in this game? Well, I mean, the we're part of the guard position, I guess, is that where we're starting? Like yeah. the, 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 I don't know if it's, if, if, if powers is grabbing it or Ben now that he's in shape and doing his thing, is he the guy, you know, I know that Linderbaum because of him being out, you know, uh, Patrick McCary, is he going to jump in? You know, what, what, what is it looking like? 
you know, where are the plays that are going to show is in other words, there's a blocking scheme and there are different blocking schemes that uh, we see Greg Roman, you know, utilized in Lamar Jackson's uh, MVP year. I mean, they had <clears throat> literally heads turning. You, you would, I remember specifically the new England Patriots game and that defense was a smart, smart defense, like brilliant. They knew their stuff and they were like freezing whoa, 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 whoa. because the keys of what the, the tackles were doing compared to what the guards were doing. And, you know, by the time, you know, you saw it, it was too late because the running back or Lamar was already down the football field. I'm curious to see, you know, what are we looking at? Of course, they're not going to show everything, but I, I, I honestly think I would challenge my guys for um, the details of what is what. What does that mean? So as opposed to having a vanilla running game and, oh, just, just go out there. We want to see you compete. Now I want to see you handle things mentally because uh, that, if that offense, that, the offensive line was not good last year. They had some semblance of a good offensive line last year. Lamar Jackson is more than breaking the bank. Um, my goodness, I just, yeah, let it, let us see where this offensive line goes. Um, so goes the O-line, I think, so goes this offense, and, and I'm sticking to that statement. Yep, it, it all starts up front, 100% agree with you there, Q, and we'll head into our final break here. When we get back, we'll dive into defense, answer some mailbag questions, and more. So be sure to stay tuned as we talk about this preseason game coming up next on Locked on Ravens. We're back here with our final segment of Locked on Ravens. Kevin Allshaker is still here with Kadri, Ismael, and Q. We just previewed the offensive side of the ball for week one against Tennessee. Let's talk about defense now, though. And I'll ask you about the front seven to kick things off. And on the defensive line, you have young guys who I'm excited to see on there. You have Travis Jones and Justin Matabike, Broderick Washington. You look at the outside linebacker position, what are we, we going to see from Adafi Owe? Dalen Hayes, a guy who I think people want to see a bit more out of and hear more from. And then inside linebackers, you have Patrick Queen, Blake Harrison, et cetera. I mean, who are some of the players you're looking forward to seeing on this front seven and what you're looking out for there? So if we talk about um, Isaiah likely being like the, oh, I am telling you, I'm circling right now. I'm writing down my name, Travis Jones. So he was a guy that played a ton of snaps in college, didn't flinch, learned an awful lot, and he just has this physicality mixed with just God-given ability. And I think he's only going to get better. So if there was a guy to circle it, it's it's him. I don't really think Adafe needs to show much. I'm I'll be surprised if he's dressed. Um, but if he does go out there, okay, like hey, saw enough, get him off. <laughs> you know, let's not mess this thing up, brother. Come on, come on over here, sit down next to me. Put the pumpkin seeds or sunflower seeds in your mouth, start spitting them out and helping out your boys, making sure everybody knows what's what. That's it. That's all we're doing. Yeah, but Seriously, Travis Jones, like I, I really I'm 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 curious to see what he's gonna look like. I think Matabike, I think it'll be curious to see. Um, you know, just just really uh, a veteran guy like him. What what is he kind of working on in his game? And 
Is he going to have some flashes before he gets sit down and put the pumpkin seeds in his mouth too? So, you know, a little, little bit of uh, curiosity more than anything with these guys. But TJ, that that's we're we're, we're circling it. We got cert- we put some stars by his name too. Little stars. You love the stars. You love the stars. I think uh, all for me, Travis Jones is, is definitely someone I'm, I'm so intrigued to watch him, Hugh, and what he's able to bring. But then also I'm, I'm looking at Dalen Hayes. I'm looking at Malik Harrison as two guys also who just, you know, guys with stuff to prove. I know Dalen Hayes has had kind of a quiet camp, according to some people, and people want to see more out of him. So uh, he had a great preseason last year. I'm excited to see what he can do this year. And then Malik Harrison, a big year for him as well. But the inside linebacker question, Q, it does pose one because there was a Chicago Bears linebacker who did request a trade in Roquan Smith. And I know a lot of Ravens fans would love the idea of Roquan Smith in a Baltimore Ravens uniform. Now, there is there is some stuff to kind of put into this, though. Now, the contract is one thing. He's going to want a huge extension at the end of this year. Most likely, he's a great, great player. I, I absolutely love Roquan Smith, the player. But do you think the Ravens need to make an investment cue with the inside linebacker position when they do have Patrick Queen and Malik Harrison and Josh Bynes and all those guys? Do you think if they had to make a splash move, you would make it with Roquan Smith at inside linebacker? I would. I mean, that dude, he's the best player on, you know, Chicago Bears. And I know he's trying to get his contract negotiated. I think the Chicago Bears are doing their Chicago Bear cheap thing and being cheap about it. And I think he's I believe he's representing himself or something. Um, but regardless, like he doesn't feel that they're really respecting him and what he is trying to get. And, um, I think if, if, if the shoe fits where he, he would, you talk about putting the star by a guy's name. Oh my God. Underline, 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 (laughs) you know, like exclamation point, exclamation point. (laughs) I, I think I, I really do. I think he's a guy that, uh, would fit so instantaneously to what the Ravens are trying to do. Um, who was the guy in uh, in the offseason from Seattle? Uh, Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner. He's in that category and then some. Um, Bobby has a you know thicker resume, of course. So I'm not trying to say that, but uh, Roquan, man, he he would he would be a guy that you know if if he would be teamed up with Josh Bynes, whoo. My goodness, and and I and I all due respect to Patrick Queen. I think Patrick Queen is is is, you know, I'm, I'm okay. All right, you know, you you keep showing up, and that's good. Like, okay, so let's let's see what's next. You know, that's kind of like where I'm at with Patrick Queen, and and in a good way, like rooting for him. Let's do it. But uh, Roquan, he did it. Let's you know shoot, pull the trigger on that. Rah. Not saying punch a ticket, but what I am saying is that the AFC North crown, at least you're going to be talking about, you're going to have a t-shirt game and that t-shirt game, like, man, talk about being Kings of the North. And then that puts you in a position to get into the playoffs and all the things that come with it. That's my opinion of Rokon Smith and what he would bring value wise to the defense. Uh, Mike McDonald, I think is, is probably calling me now saying, yo, bro, like, uh, here's the deal. I need him. Uh, let's put pressure on all social media and see what we can do. So here at Locked On Ravens, we're going to try our best to get Roquan as a Raven. 
it, it would be great. It would be great to have him. And again, you do have to weigh, I think, some of the things of like, well, do they need to add a corner first or a wide receiver no. or an outside no. linebacker? No. <laughs> but all those things, again, if Roquan Smith, if the Ravens feel like he is that need, if he is the needle moving piece for them, look, I'm all aboard with that. And again, it's not it's not like a, a slight at Patrick Queen or Malik Harrison or any of those guys at all. Like not whatsoever. I think he'll be able to work well with those guys, actually. I think they'd be able to do some things. And if you have a if, if you have a top four of Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, Malik Harrison, and Josh Bynes. It's a pretty good top four. It's a pretty good top four. I'm not going to lie about that. But let's, let's move to the secondary in the preseason game. You got some corners who might be looking to prove themselves a little bit here. We might see Kyle Fuller as a veteran who has struggled a little bit in training camp, according to all accounts. But I think some of the young guys, it remains to be seen what Jalen Number Davis will be able to do on the field. But Pepe Williams is someone from the cornerback position I'm looking forward to. Safety-wise, Kyle Hamilton. Don't know how much he's going to play, but I will have him circled most definitely putting those stars, as, as you have said, by his name. And also guys like Geno Stone, too. But who are you looking out for in, in particular? So it's interesting because um, I think for Kyle Hamilton, um, he's going to he's going. I mean, he's a rookie. He's going to play. There's, there's he, what has he done to say, you know, he needs to be over on the sideline? Uh, I, I, you know, I honestly think. This is a game where you need him to get up to speed real quick, especially if you want to do the whole multiple, um, you know, safety thing and, and give different looks in that regard. You need him to know what it feels like to be out there and, and, and really get your feet wet, what it feels like to have a tight end climb up on you or a receiver, you know, running their route combination and how do you communicate and talk. Obviously, they – are talking about how you want to to be obnoxious communication. So let's let's start being obnoxious with it. And I think, you know, overall for, you know, the guys that that are, are looking, you know, whether it be the, you know, the stones of the world, um, they they really need to step up. I think stepping up just means that, you know, I want to go out there and 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 be a guy that for me you know what, I, I played last year, but I want you to remember me. Um, I want you to know that, you know what, um, I, I, I just know what I know. I know how to play. Um, Jefferson is another guy in my mind where if he can – it's not that I don't think that Tony Jefferson has it. I think he can show how much – he still has it. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you really don't need a young guy or you really don't need to worry. I can go out there more than handle myself. So I think a guy like a Tony Jefferson is someone I would underline, but absolutely circling, you know, so who do we circle? We circle so far, Travis Jones. Uh, we certainly circled uh, Kyle Hamilton. Um, you know, Obviously, we, 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 we know when it comes to tight ends, um, Isaiah Likely, we, we looking at him. Uh, and then, obviously, Malik Harrison. So those are the, the circle names. Well, maybe an underlying name would be uh, Jefferson. Um, I think, uh, TJ, for me, it, it's just, hey, go out there and play strong, play solid, and, and leave a good taste in the coaches' mouths of, like, yo, we need him on our team you know, good, good, strong leader. And, and that's why we're, we're keeping him on our squad. Yeah. And they, they have so much depth there where they're going to have a lot of tough decisions to make over 
their entire roster, not just in the secondary, but the preseason, especially in the secondary is going to be huge for that fifth safety spot, the maybe sixth cornerback spot. So, well, there are a bunch of undrafted guys too. I mean, Denzel Williams has had a, a solid training camp by all accounts, an undrafted rookie corner. So you're looking at those guys too. What can they do on the field? But Hugh, let's round out here with a mailbag question. Let, let's talk about some roster predictions. So even before the preseason starts, it's a, a question by goers 81 who says who will be the biggest surprise addition and omission from the final 53 man roster now for me it's tough because there could be multiple different answers but in terms of the biggest surprise on the roster i guess i'll go with an undrafted guy and say Jacoby mcclain that's that's my guy an undrafted rookie inside linebacker and then i'll i'll, I'll stick with inside linebacker and say Kristen Welch will be the biggest omission from that in the place of Jacoby McLean. So do you have anybody Q, who you're looking at as maybe somebody who's a dark horse to make this roster or maybe even a dark horse to get cut who's a little popular in that locker room? Yeah, I think uh, Denzel um, Williams, cornerback out of Villanova. Um, I think he has uh, really done a, a really good job of, of, you know, just reps. He's getting reps. He's doing his thing um, this preseason He's going to really be the games themselves, I should say, are really going to be telling. But I think he's he's done a fine job to continue to be, you know, you just keep making plays, brother. Keep making plays. And I think uh, as much as he was on the bubble last year, I think it'll be a surprise. But I, I'm, I'm not rooting for it per se. But I think Justice Hill um, will be that surprise running back that, will be the odd guy out and uh, it'll be either between him or uh, Tylon Wallace as far as the two guys that'll be uh, the odd man out. Yeah. I think that man, if, if Wallace is that guy, that would be crazy. That, that'd be, that'd be really a shock. It's one of those maybe like bold predictions almost where you're like, Oh, Tyler Wallace doesn't make it as a fourth round pick. But again, you know, he does have to prove it. He has to show us. I don't think the Ravens would, well, they, they've moved off of picks in the past, but I think Wallace might be a bit, Oh, no. He almost feels like a bit too talented, but you never know. You, you really never know with this stuff. Also, maybe a surprise for me would be Ben Powers because he does have the starting job right now. But I have Tyree Phillips winning that left guard job. So, yeah, as roster construction gets closer, these preseason games, huge, huge in determining roster spots and playing time again. The Ravens playing their first preseason game tonight. We made it. The Ravens are playing football tonight at M&T Bank Stadium in QI. Loved covering this with you today. Thank you so much for hopping on the show. And when we get back next week, we will have a full Ravens game to talk about the first of 2022. And I'm excited to dive into that with you. I'm excited. You're excited. Game one is on. Let's go ahead and get it on. And then you and I, we're going to break it all down. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, good season ahead here for Locked On Ravens. Be sure to subscribe to this YouTube channel if you have not already. Follow us in audio form. We have a ton of great content coming your way. Q hops on here every single week to talk football with me and their great episodes all the way around. Five days for week here on Locked On Ravens in general. Thank you again, Q. I really do appreciate it. That's all I have for you here today, though, Locked On Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in. When we get back here tomorrow, we'll be reviewing the Ravens' first preseason game against the Titans. So be sure to stay tuned for that, and I will see you here tomorrow. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.